Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. I think all of us in our lifetimes have had to go through the experience of seeing a relationship or a friendship in our life change in some way and not necessarily for the better. And for whatever reason, we have to go through that process of accepting this change in the relationship and accepting that it's better for us to let it go. I know I've certainly gone through this process with romantic relationships as well as with some friendships. And it's never easy, no matter which side you are on, whether you're the person deciding to let the relationship go or you're the person hearing that the relationship for whatever reason is ending. And sometimes it's not even that clear and black and white with a start and a finish, especially with friendships. Sometimes it can just dissolve in a really natural way because of distance or because The people have life changes that just aren't compatible as friends anymore. And I'm just wondering, Dominique, if you've also had this human experience that so many of us have had. Oh, good grief. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And the one thing that I really love about this topic that we're going to be covering, how to know when to let go of relationships, friendships, is that we can all relate to each other. This is just a serious area of challenge for every single one of us because we're hardwired to connect, to belong, and letting go is never easy, that's for sure. But yeah, Carrie, it's something that I think is so incredibly important to share conversation on, again, because this is an area that we are all hardwired for. We want to belong. We want to connect. And really learning how to identify when it's not for you anymore is of great importance, whether it is a boyfriend, girlfriend, any relationship, marriage, friendship, we go through changes. We're ever evolving. And if not, then I feel like that in itself is a problem. But certainly understanding just how you are needing to make your shifts in your relationships is something that we all can build strength upon, I think. And one of our favorite topics that we talk about in nearly every episode definitely can relate to this as well. And that's the idea of core values. So one of the reasons that could contribute to us deciding that a relationship is no longer serving us in a positive or healthy way in our lives is because of a change in core values or just a huge misalignment of core values with another person. This is not to say that Your values have to be exactly the same as someone's in order for you to have a relationship or a friendship with them. But sometimes core values can get to a place where they're so drastically different. It's healthier for the two people to 
wish each other the best and walk away from that particular relationship because of just the unhealthy toxicity that may be building between the two people because there's so much resistance to them seeing the other person's point of view or just this black and white thinking that I'm right, they're wrong. And if both people can't get through that, then it's really difficult to maintain that relationship. For sure. And I think it's really important for us to understand that our core values will change. And I feel like as we grow to learn more about ourselves and especially for those of us who are seeking to live a more authentic life and you're peeling away all the layers of conditioning that you've picked up over the years, those values are going to shift. And as much as we can try to grow together in our relationships, we're just not the same human beings and we have our own journey, our own direction, and that's okay. It is hard to accept, of course, but it's one of those things that I've come to learn over the past few years of me becoming more okay with who I really am. My values have greatly shifted and they came from a place of like control and desiring certainty and prioritizing that and now have shifted to a place of freedom and giving back growth. But I think it's just important that we understand that these things are going to change for us over time. How about you, Carrie? Do you look at your core values frequently or is that something just every now and then? I look at them very regularly because I have them written in my planner and I just love looking at them. But I don't sit down and think about what are my core values as regularly as you. I do it probably yearly. And I just started doing it within the last couple of years. And I was always very resistant to doing that kind of practice for whatever reason. I just didn't see a point in it. But I have evolved to a point where I do see real value in it for myself. And just understanding our own core values helps give us sort of a roadmap or a guide when we're making those big life decisions. Sometimes it's as easy as, does this align with my core values? And if the answer is no, it's a lot easier to not do that thing or to release something or say no to someone. And having that is really beneficial to connect with this idea of letting relationships go when you reevaluate your core values regularly, whether it's every six months, every quarter, every year, you can during that time sort of see patterns in your relationships and see if you are still in alignment with someone else or not. I love that you bring that up, just how that so deeply connects to our ability to stay aware of the connections that we have in our life and whether they are still safe or not safe for us, healthy. And I know a big part of knowing when to let go is gaining awareness of where is there toxicity in a relationship? Where have you been maybe people pleasing because you don't want to rock the boat or cause any conflict or upset anyone? And a lot of these things come from the years that we live of 
developing conditioning because we are trying to belong and fit in and our nervous system only wants that in safety. And so we try to really mask things. And I know for myself, I wore many different masks growing up. And a lot of that stemmed from my past trauma and the belief I had of if I showed my true self, I was not safe because my story was I did show my true self and XYZ happened. And so I carried this story with me and this belief. And so I wore so many masks. I was a chameleon. I became who I needed to be in order to connect with someone without rocking the boat or with what I believed was a connection that was going to just keep me safe because I really had my hand up and was like, nope, no closer. And it served me well for a while. But I think when we recognize the conditioning that we're carrying that is affecting our relationships or toxicity within relationships, that is something that can greatly draw our awareness on what needs to maybe start shifting. It can also be really difficult if in whatever type of relationship it may be, one of the people is going through all of these changes or growth and the other person is staying a little bit more stagnant, it can be really difficult, especially for the person who isn't changing as much because you you hear so many times people say to people, you've changed. I don't know who you are. I don't recognize you. You've changed. But isn't that the point? I mean, we're always evolving. We're supposed to be changing and it's a healthy thing to change. And an outcome of that is naturally going to be that some of our relationships are also going to change and evolve. And that might mean outgrowing certain people or just not having a common foundation of interests or connection anymore. I love how you bring up this change that we go through and how a lot of the times one person is doing the change and we have our aha moments just suddenly. I don't believe that there's a timeline for when that happens. You can't push it. It just happens. And in human design, one area that has been a tremendous point of knowledge and better understanding for me is the G center. And the G center is our center for love direction, self-identity. And when it's open, which means it would be white in your chart, you have a lot of fluidity there. You are chameleon-like. You can really easily just go with the flow, change to other people's identity. And for me, for example, I changed the music that I liked because I wanted to like the same music as my boyfriends in the past. So I gave up everything that I liked so that I could have something in common with the other person. I would change my hair color all the time. I would change my style all the time. I was so confused. I was testing everything though. And that's the thing with the G Center is you're testing everything. If it's open, you have the ability to draw that energy in and amplify it. So everyone around me, I would draw from that energy and I would taste it. And I would say, okay, do I like this? Do I like that? But over the years, after all of this taste testing that I've done, I've come to realize, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Now I've cultivated so much more love for myself that it has shifted my core values. 
it has shifted the things that I desire in my life. And the fear, of course, of hurting others is deeply there, but I've lived my life for other people. I'm ready to live life for myself. And that's what my journey has been. And it's been a rocky one, but it has been such a joyful experience at the same time, because I'm finally getting to know who I was before the world told me who I needed to be before my trauma occurred. And I'm starting to get more and more glimpses of this little girl. And it's just more and more confirmation that I'm on the right path as I remember who she is. Wow. That is so beautiful. I could probably start crying if I thought about it enough <laughs> because as we know, I'm an emotional but everything you were saying about the G-Center resonated really deeply with me because mm. I also have an open G-Center like you, Dominique, yeah. and I definitely understand that tendency in relationships to not show your authentic self because you're wanting to build that connection or you're wanting to find commonalities with the other person. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've definitely released a lot of that. I've had boyfriends in the past and even my current partner where there was some cheesy pop music that I loved that I was like, ooh, I'm not going to show that part of me yeah, because yeah. I mean, my current boyfriend is a musician. He can be quite selective in the music that he thinks <laughs> is acceptable. And I've released that. Luckily, we've been together long enough where I'm very comfortable in showing those things that maybe I was way too embarrassed to show early on in the relationship mm -hmm. about myself. But it's so interesting because I mean, I have no statistic on this. And most of my friends are women. I do have male friends, but it seems like this is something that women may tend to do a little bit more consistently than men in relationships. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think it's just because a lot of the times we're still brought up with the whole idea of like to be seen, not heard, and girls don't act this way and whatever else it might be. Another thing for me is with the emotional solar plexus. You mentioned that you're an emotional. I'm a non-emotional. So that center is white. It's open for me. Again, that means I am amplifying the energy of others around me. And with an open emotional solar plexus, there's the tendency of people pleasing, not wanting to rock the boat because emotions can be so incredibly overwhelming for non-emotionals with that amplification that we just don't want to have to deal with it because we don't know what to do with it. And so I very much would just kind of set my opinions aside agree, go with the flow. And, you know, over time I came to realize, yeah, I want to speak my mind a little bit more. I want to rock the boat, but that was something I had to learn after not ever doing that really most of my life. So yeah, being a non-emotional on top of having an open G center, those two together were just classic of I'll do whatever you want to do <laughs> because I like it all. I'm going to test it all. And I don't want to upset anyone. And that completely aligns with your Enneagram type of type nine. Type nines do not want to create any kind of disruption to their comfort, which means no disagreement, no even inserting their opinion because it might rock the boat even the tiniest bit. And so it's just easier to go along, like you said, with the flow and everyone else's opinion. And it's the growth work of people who identify with Enneagram type nine 
to learn to recognize your own opinion, to feel comfortable voicing your own opinion. Another interesting aspect of type nine is it's part of the attachment triad, which is the relational style within the Enneagram system, along with types three and six. And these three types can tend to be a little bit more strongly attached to people and relationships in their lives than the other types. So all of that combined with your design, it all makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. Now, when it comes to the attachment, so attachment style is something that really fascinates me. And we can look at anxious attachment and avoidant attachment, for Mm -hmm. example. I always felt that I was the avoidant attachment. Does that sit with the nine or can it really go either way? Attachment types just tend to have this sense of wanting support or wanting reassurance from the relationships in their lives, not necessarily romantic. I think a lot of times we think romantic relationships Mm -hmm. as that's what we're conditioned to value the most, Mm -hmm. but it can be with their children, their parents, their friends, anyone. And when I think about both the Enneagram and human design systems, for me, it just all goes back to human behavior and it's safety. We want safety and belonging, and that is going to show up so differently for every one of us because your nervous system is creating a specific story and only your system is going to do its thing. We all have our own thing. And so whether it's the anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment, like I was avoidant because that meant I was safe. I know individuals who are anxious attached, and that means they are safe by carrying through with the behaviors that go along with it. And that's why I think there's just so much to be learned when it comes to the human behavior and how it overflows into the Enneagram and human design. It's all about building greater awareness. And that's how we start to look at big picture within our whole entire life. And so for making the process of ending a relationship a little bit easier, let's look at that. What are some things that we can do from my own personal situation? It's really been learning to listen more and identify actually what my intuition felt like. What was my intuition telling me? Because we want to always make decisions through the mind where that's the very last place we're going to be able to make solid decisions that are authentic. That's where we're meant to be creative and inspired, but intuition that's in the body. And because I'm a mental projector, which is just 2% of the population, I also was dissociated for most of my life. I was 100% up in my head and I learned over the years to identify what my intuition felt like. And it took a lot of work and it's allowed me to not fear being myself and showing myself, which is ultimately every one of us is here to be authentic. And unfortunately, we're going to have to hurt people, upset people, not intentionally. (laughs) We don't want to do that intentionally, but it's going to happen. And as long as we're trying to live true to ourselves and listening to what feels right for us, not what we think is right. That's where I think a lot of the transformation and acceptance can happen. But it was not easy. There was so much fear involved. And a lot of the times with this type of fear, it's feeling it and doing it anyways. I think what you just said is really important in 
making this kind of decision and just reiterating that making a decision to end a relationship or to let a relationship go has to be one that you yourself know is right without the voices of other people impacting you. Because like you said, people on the outside don't understand the relationship in its entirety. They don't understand the dynamic between the two people. And many times we can easily be influenced by loved ones in our life who think they have our best interests in mind when really they're making the whole process a lot more difficult because they're inserting their opinions, which gets muddled with our own opinions. And then it gets to be even more difficult to know what our intuition is telling us to do because we start overanalyzing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another part of making the process a little bit easier is maintaining respect for each other and have conversation and conversation that's not putting blame on anyone. And I love statements that start with, I am feeling or the story I'm telling myself. So you're always keeping it on yourself. That way the other person isn't feeling judged or blamed or shamed in any way. You're giving them your story in perspective and respecting that they have their own story and you can't control how they're going to react. You always have control over your own reactions and responses though. And I think it's really important to always make sure that you keep the whole idea of your two human beings that are going through challenging times. Yes, they may be very different if one person is wanting the change and the other isn't. However, it's a challenging time on both ends and respecting and listening, hearing each other out, giving each other space is really just one of the most beautiful things you can do to make this process a little bit more gentle on each other. Maintaining respect is a good rule of thumb in pretty much any human interaction, but especially in this type of scenario where a lot of times hurt feelings or just our own pain causes us to create this situation of disrespect and blaming and accusing. And a lot of time relationships end for really hurtful reasons like betrayal or whatever it may be. And it's really hard to maintain that respect. But yeah. in the end, you will end up feeling so much better internally if you do, mm-hmm. even though it can be really hard to maintain that level of reason when you're going through that level of pain. But I've seen people in my life do it. And when they have maintained that level of respect with the other person, even if the other person seemingly from the outside didn't even deserve it, it has just gone so much more smoothly for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's very important to also set time aside for yourself to care for your emotional well-being as you're going through any type of a separation of friendship, love, whatever it might be, because ultimately it's keeping your nervous system regulated that is going to allow you to navigate these challenges more smoothly. So we've talked about play. That's a fantastic way to just have some space and time for yourself, nervous system regulation practices, and other self-care, whether it's yoga or journaling, whatever works for you, whatever feels good for you, setting time aside daily would be 
phenomenal if can be, but making sure that you're prioritizing your emotional well-being through these challenges that you're navigating. And I think just remembering that this process is never going to be quote unquote easy, but following through with some of these ideas, it can be a little bit easier. Another important thing to remember is to allow the other person to have their feelings through it all. Don't expect certain reactions from them. They are going to have their own internal experience through accepting this outcome that the relationship is no longer going to be a part of their life as well. And so you never know what someone else is going through on the inside and they may surprise you in a positive way or in a negative way with how they react and just allowing for that without judgment is going to help them process through it a lot more smoothly. 100%. And as everything we are striving for coming from this place of love, when you're dealing with challenges like this, it may not always be possible to come from a place of love when you've been badly hurt emotionally, physically, whatever that might look like. But if anyone deserves love, then it's love for yourself through these challenges. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens. <laughs>